You have found your way to the Teachable Heart Podcast. So glad you have. I'm your host, David Vitt. 2 Kings 13, verses 20 and 21. So Elisha died, and they buried him. Now bands of Moabites used to invade the land in the spring of the year. And as a man was being buried, behold, a marauding band was seen, and the man was thrown into the grave of Elisha. And as soon as the man touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood on his feet. It's the last time Elisha's name is mentioned. And it really struck me that Elisha's death didn't even get a full verse. Instead, it's covered by a mere seven-word generic conclusion. He died, and they buried him. In the same breath, the text moves right along to describe a band of invading uh, troops from Moab. There's no pomp. There's no circumstance. There's no ticker tape parade. There are no chariots of fire and no dramatic ride into heaven for Elisha as as there had been for Elijah, his mentor. This was his grand farewell after a 45-year ministry serving God and his people. Elijah, on the other hand, had served for a, quote, mere 25 years and got such a better exit. And what a reminder that God may choose to honor some people in one way and others not at all. He has his reasons for each, and it needn't appear fair to us. But thankfully, Elijah and Elisha's eternal destiny was the same. It it begs the questions, how do you expect to be remembered for your servants to God? Are you willing to serve him in relative or complete obscurity? Is it okay if God doesn't set up monuments for you after you're gone? Elisha didn't even get his own grave, apparently. At least it doesn't appear to have been a private one. There was no sign saying, Elisha's already buried here, dig somewhere else. Yet there was one very unusual and unexpected thing attached to Elisha's obituary in in verse 21. Namely, that a dead man came back to life when he was thrown into Elisha's grave. As I read that detail, I wonder why scripture recorded it for us. Was it a way to honor Elisha even after his death? Was it a way to demonstrate God's resurrection power through any means he chooses? Or was it possibly to remind us that we can continue to have a positive impact on others even after we're gone? Perhaps it's a bit of each. Let me ask you, in what ways might you impact others after you're gone? And are you living in a way now that will generate a godly legacy for the generations that follow? Give it some thought, and until next time, keep the heart teachable.